Well, it is not Wednesday, <laughs> but we are here. Another day, another Loudmouth COB episode. Sorry for the uh, latitude of this one. I don't know if that's right or not. Whatever. Um, Lateness. Yeah, sorry for whatever you want to call it. Um, the lack of timeliness for our episode. We were tardy. A day tardy. <laughs> 24 hours tardy. Um <laughs> Hey, you know, sometimes life happens, and that's all right. Yeah. Um, we got a hell of a show on tap. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're gonna bring it all to you here, right now. So, without any further hold up, let's get right into it. That's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. Personal foul, sixty-nine. Offense. He was giving them the business. These people don't give. We are just shy of two months away from week zero. Yes, you are hearing me correctly. We are just shy of two. Feels like just recently we were talking about a hundred days till college football season. And then the yeah. other day it was like seventy days. And now we're 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 just we continue to count it down. Right, no, that was 60. the week one. That was still week one, so we are we're really close. We are this month, uh, the twenty sixth. A month from then, two months from the twenty sixth is officially the day we have sixty days plus sixty four days till college mm-hmm. football season, week zero. Yeah. Can't be any more excited for anything than that. So, with that said. We're going to start this episode talking about something that Cam, you and BJ talked about on yes. Sunday, but I was not here, of course. I was busy. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> the SEC schedule is released, and let me just start this by saying, Vandy, <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> you guys got screwed. I mean, if you talk about getting every team that is on a projective upslope yeah. or, or that has a a future of, of nothing but rising, you know, that slopes are going nothing but up. My goodness, Vandy got Vandy everything they wanted the and chat. more, man. I mean, they're going to have – you better win all your non-conference games. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. You better win every one of them because I don't think – they may not win a single conference game. And that's not and, – and, and understand this. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that this team gets worse than 5-7, and seven, which they just were. That's not what I'm saying. However, here's what I will say. Um, is that just because you're getting better doesn't mean the rest of the conference is also not getting better. And man, Vanderbilt got <laughs> everybody but Kentucky is is progressively getting better. Mm-hmm. And even over the next year, it's, it, it's even then it's not like Kentucky's clearly taking a step back. Uh, I think it is. I think it's clear that Kentucky will take a step back, but I don't. I still think they're better than Vanderbilt on their worst day. Mm-hmm. 
maybe not their worst day, but definitely on their B game. So mm-hmm. it's a tough schedule. That's brutal for Vandy. Um, I will say, though, I don't think anybody has a inherently easy schedule. The the lack of divisions really makes this this a tough tough road for anybody that wants to do anything. Mm-hmm. There's not a there's not a team here that doesn't play Alabama, but also misses Georgia, or and everybody plays Oklahoma or, or Texas. This is yeah. this is tough, man. That's a brutal schedule. Um, I wonder. I'm looking through here. Does anybody play both Oklahoma and Texas? Surely somebody has to, right? Um, I'm looking. I, I'm 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 running through with my eyes. I didn't think so. I thought I read somewhere that you're either going to get Texas or Oklahoma the first year, and then well, it'll that's, flip. That's fine, but man, mm-hmm. I, that'd be that'd be something if somebody did. Um, yeah, yeah, and like out. Outside of really a couple, one of them definitely being Vanderbilt, I think the SEC did a better job than what we've seen them do in the past of balancing out schedules. Like, Well, I mean, it's obvious to have to do yeah. a better job because you don't have the, the bracket you have to work with mm-hmm. end of divisions. Those are gone. Yeah. So you, you don't have to worry about a division. Yeah. That so, sucks compared to the SEC West yeah. or, um, you know, I mean, it's really like the Big Ten right now. The Big Ten East is Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. There, are, There's Maryland, who's just a step below, maybe two steps below. And then there's Michigan State, who's probably another two steps below. And then there's Indiana and Rutgers, who are in the basement, <laughs> to be honest. And... The SEC West is, you know, was for a long time a few teams and everybody else. The SEC East has been Georgia and or Florida and everybody else, uh, minus uh, a couple of one-off years with South Carolina and a couple of one-off years with Tennessee. Otherwise, there's really not any other team that's going out there and, and stealing the division. Yeah. So in order to get that one, those top two. I think this is going to be fun. I'm excited. I, I will definitely be watching a lot of SEC football in 2024. There, there's not many um, can't miss. Yeah, there's not many can't. Not many can miss games <laughs> on that schedule. Yeah. And that's going to be oh yeah extreme to watch. I'm, I'm excited. I, I really yeah. am. And as somebody who's going to live in the area, um, I'll, I might make a few road trips. And if I don't make a few road trips, I'll definitely make some trips to Columbia to catch Carolina play a handful of these teams. That's for sure. Please share your Columbia stories, though. I won't make it pay-per-view or pay to listen. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to another SEC story, which is LSU got hammered on both football and basketball. They receive a two-year probation, probationary sentence for football and basketball, I believe. Um, I am correct yes it was two years probation two years probation um which also vacates 37 wins uh from les miles career which means that his official career record goes down from 145 and 73 to 108 and 73 
which takes it down from a 66% win percentage to a 59.7% win percentage. And you know what that means. He is no longer eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Just like that. Over as soon as that ballot started. Um, what does this mean for the legacy of Les Miles at LSU? I mean, I don't think it changes his legacy that 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 much just because we already we basically knew at some point this could happen like say what you want about all the off the field stuff especially there at the end still a hell of a coach and besides we we know that there's going to be at least one exception made in the upcoming year year and a half two years for the College Football Hall of Fame. So I'm sure that they'll put another exception. Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I mean, one's a blatant disregard for the rules. You let a player play not for one year, not just for two years, not just for three years, four years without actually having eligibility. Now, how much does a offensive linemen mean to your success is a totally different question. And I understand that that question can be asked and, and I get it, but it's the principle behind the situation, the scenario that I just don't believe that I don't believe it's worthy of a second look or look, if you want it, go out there and win another game. Go be an interim coach for a game and, and win a game. I'm sure that'll put your number right where you need it to be. Right so, about there. I, yeah, I just... I don't know. Um, that's something. That's brutal, honestly. That's yeah. tough. Especially when you're finally on the ballot for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. To get it oh, taken I'm away from you just like that. No. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you're not. Um, it's tough, man. That, that is the way it goes. Now, like yeah. I said... At the end of the day, though, don't cheat. You are correct in that sense. Yeah, don't be stupid. I mean, like... Mm-hmm. I, I will defend you to the end of my ability if you're not proven to have cheated, but everybody accuses you, and that's why you're not voted into a Hall of Fame, i.e. a Barry Bonds or... Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, name your name your guy, really. Um, anybody who was suspected of using PEDs but was never really suspended for using PEDs, mm-hmm. I'll defend you to the end. Barry Bonds is like the biggest, um, yeah, definitely the case of this. Example. And it's the same thing here. If Les Miles can't be proven to have done anything wrong or couldn't have been proven to do anything wrong, well, then no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tarnish your legacy and be like, oh, you shouldn't be a Hall of Famer because you did this or you are accused of this. Oh, well, no. Sorry. That doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I don't I don't care what you know. I don't care what dude across the street has to say about your legacy. I, I've watched it and I'm going to look at it with an unbiased point of view. Mm-hmm. This is just one of those points of view that you can't, you can't escape. Um, 
and unfortunately, it, it takes away your chance. But you are still a national championship winning head coach. Mm-hmm. That does not change, and the respect that he should have within LSU's um, hallways is one thing. Mm-hmm. The respect that he should carry at Kansas really doesn't need to be that much. I he didn't do anything Kansas. for Kansas. Um, Kansas. His his level of respect within the halls of the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, clearly it's not there other than your one national championship that your name will always be on that did not have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. No, no issue. And your other appearance, which also does not go away because of this and, and doesn't and isn't even part of the vacated time frame, by the way, mm-hmm. the second championship appearance in 2011. Les Miles is a hell of a head coach. And his 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 impression on LSU football is never going to change. He was still one of the best, and there's no question about that in their history. Absolutely but, no argument there. But this does tarnish your legacy within the national eye and is still well within reason to be questioned. With that being said, um, you know, I don't even know. I'd love to know how they stumbled upon this with LSU's football program and an investigation of Will Wade. I'd love to know how constitutionally correct that is um, in, yeah. its, in its entirety. Yeah. Unless it was just a full-on athletics audit, and then they just somehow... But, I mean, how does somebody... Yeah, that that's definitely not just like a... Okay. That, like, okay. I don't Hang on. That's a... Let me let me say something. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading this a little more. Mm-hmm. The NCAA penalty stemmed from a scandal involving former offensive lineman Vidal Alexander, who played for the Tigers from 2012 to 2015. Alexander was retroactively rendered ineligible because his father received $180,000 from a booster who embezzled funds from Baton Rouge Children's Hospital. Okay, I did not catch that part of the article. I was reading something different that just said that he was ineligible for all four years. Mm-hmm. My tone's going to change a little bit because we rushed to the start of this. He was not ineligible during the time of playing. He was he was rendered ineligible yeah, was retroactively, which makes sense now because I'm sitting here thinking, how is somebody ineligible able to play for four years and get away with it? Yeah. Because, because it was retroactive. Yeah. In which case, I struggle to understand how this affects the on-field football performance. I'm struggling to under understand how $180,000 to... A football player's father, correctly or incorrectly, the Brett Favre method is what I'll call this, um, 
affects the fact that they won 37 games? Answer that question for me. It doesn't. Like, simply put. Do, is, Les, is Les Miles in trouble because he knew? Because I don't... I, I Skimming through this, I don't see anything that says that Les Miles knew this happened. Yeah. And, and it's from what I've gathered, like... And once again... In scenarios like this, that it's very rare when a coach knows that a booster is doing this. Like, it's entirely... Uh, I, sometimes, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say it's rare. I, I think they know. They could say they don't know. But, I, 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 I mean, I'm just asking. I don't know if he knew or not. Yeah. What if... It, what? Let me think. So, go back to Ohio State. Uh, late 20... Late 2000s. Uh, tattoo scandal. Yeah. That was one of those things that it, it again, Jim Trussell didn't really know, but he kind of knew. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that Les Miles kind of knew, and that's why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a that's some muddy water to get into. I'll tell you that right now. That is some it's deep water here. that you don't yeah. see anything to the end of. You can't see. Yeah. Can't see a millimeter thick in that water, man. That is bad. Yeah, especially here, removed almost ten years later. Like that's tough. I don't know. I I wish I would have caught that before. Like I said, the only part I've seen is mm-hmm. yeah. The only thing I saw there was he was ineligible for all four years. Yeah, it, and as much as less miles has been in the past willing to do shady stuff like i i struggle with thinking that he'd do something like that where it's like where it's like ignore the fact for four years that he's ineligible because uh yeah that's a major fuck up at that point like yeah big time yeah. All right. I want to move on to just a quick little hiccup in the road here on the show. Five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola has transferred his high school from Pinnacle, which is in Phoenix, Arizona, to Buford, Georgia, where he'll play his final year. Okay. Which, um, let's just go ahead and... discuss this here. Uh, I read somewhere that this is his third high school. No, it'll be the fourth high school he will attend and the third team he will play for in his high school career. I would love to know what this has to do. Um, now, Dylan Rayola was great at Elite 11, by the way. Uh, put, up, put up great stats. He definitely... I mean, if you... If you take away the the, face, the facial part of the picture, if you crop everything head down, mm-hmm. him compared to a guy like Michael Penix, who was there, one of the... Uh, 
one of the uh, college counselors. I don't know what they call it. Um, but one, one of the college players who was over at Elite 11, you compare him to Talia Tagovailoa, who he towered, uh, Talia. Uh, even Caleb Williams. I mean, Dylan Rayola looked like a college quarterback already. Very, He was extremely good. He was outplayed, and the Elite 11 MVP was Julian Sayan, who was going to Alabama. But Dylan Rayola was up there in the mix the entire time. There's no denying this kid's playing ability. I don't know why he's transferred so many times. I don't know if it's a move with his family's making or if he's making the decision to move. That I would love to know. But I can't deny the kid's talent, and I'm not going to act mm-hmm. like I, I am. Um, kid's awesome. He's, he's going to be a hell of a football player, and that's, that's no question about it. And um, if you think Georgia's going anywhere – with this kid at the helm, I don't. You're probably mistaken, uh, or or sadly confused. So, that's my stance. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. We can go discuss San Diego State is trying to leave the Mountain West, and they asked for a bit of a leeway period because what they're waiting for is the Pac-12's media rights deal to come through, which. Mm-hmm. Seems like the whole world's waiting for that deal to go through before we figure out what's next in college football. Everyone besides those 10 athletic directors are sitting here waiting. I mean, everybody's got to be waiting, and it's it's not going to change. I mean, the Big 12 is seeking Arizona State and Colorado and Arizona. They're also, I mean, it's no secret that they're seeking some other schools from the area. It's no secret they're seeking San Diego State. Big Ten seeking a few schools. Yeah, Uh, there are a lot of things riding on this Pac-12 media deal. And unfortunately, that needs to happen soon for a lot of people. Just, I mean, let's put it simply. This needs to happen. It needed to happen a month ago, to be completely honest. But it really needs to happen now. I mean, we're on the verge. I don't think anything really inherently bad is going to happen here. I think I think San Diego State's in a good spot. Now, the Mountain West did deny their um, – I, I mean, I only consider them looking for a waiver, basically, to not have to pay extra for leaving the conference. Look, they're going to have to pay it. The Mountain West isn't going to be like, yeah, yeah. sorry the pac is being slow. Let's, let, let's cut you a break. We'll let you leave no. anyways. Yeah. No, they're the, not going to do that. Look, the, the Mountain look, West did guess what? exactly what it should have. Guess what? College case. football is run yeah. by money. And if you don't think that the Mountain West is going to milk every penny they can out of San Diego State who's trying to leave, mm-hmm. you're wrong. <laughs> Plain and simple. I don't I don't care what you think. That You are wrong if you think that the Mountain West isn't going to milk this for every dime. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong if you think San Diego State wasn't going to try yeah. to put that I, forward. As a fan I mean, of a look at think team. about it. If, if you want, think of it this way: you've got a late fee on a toll that you got to pay, mm-hmm. and you call me like, "Hey, look, I'm really sorry, I didn't get this in the mail until this time." Oh well, you could have went online. Well, well, we didn't. We we just I didn't get it in the mail. I wasn't thinking about it. Okay, well, you know, we're still going to charge you. This guy of mine. Okay. Well, are you sure? Like, can we can we work out? A deal? Like, you're still going to want to negotiate as the person who has mm-hmm. to pay the money, pay the fine. 
that's exactly what San Diego State's trying to do. They're trying to negotiate. They're trying not to have to pay all this money to a conference that they're no longer going to be a part of. Or guess what? Nine times out of ten, the house wins. And the house is going to win. (laughs) The house is the Mountain West Conference. And they're going to win. Plain and simple. Because you pushed for this past the deadline that you had. And you knew you had it. I mean, there's they're not playing stupid, and I'm not gonna tell. I'm not saying that that's what they're doing. They're, they're not playing dumb at all. They're doing the things that they need to do for themselves. They have to look out for themselves, and that's important to the landscape of the sport and the world. <laughs> you have to look out for yourself. Both sides are doing just that. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no problem with that. Nobody should look at San Diego State and be like, oh, well. They're yeah, just no, greedy, and no. they're going to go make a lot more money in these other conferences anyways. Why would they not want to give? Yeah. Well, because, again, the almighty dollar rules this sport. And it always will. From here on, I mean, really, from ever since national television started showing college sports, and specifically college football, the almighty dollar has ruled every decision that has been made. That is why the playoff exists. That is why the BCS system existed. That is why realignment has happened over the last 23 years. Because let's not forget, there once upon a time, for some of you kids who may be 10 years old, 15 years old, Virginia Tech was not in the ACC. Miami, Florida. It's called the Big East. Miami, Florida won their national championships before they were in the ACC. And both of those, along with a school named Rutgers, who is now in the Big Ten, and a school, I mean, let's go on here. Um, A school named Boston College. (laughs) A school named Syracuse. They were all, once upon a time, a part of this... uh, Amazing football conference, and it was called the Big East. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they had some very, very intriguing football programs you within can tie in college football. Fun fact: We're not going some that far back. Will lead Thanks. You to better. Thanks. People will lead you to it's better. Well, a, a very delusional person uh, in the heart of Texas will try to. Dilute your opinion and make you think that that is a better. (laughs) (laughs) They'll make you think that's better. Um, There once was a time where there was not a power five. It really was more of a power six with the Big East because the Big East has some very, very high potential football programs. Oh, and let's also talk about the early 90s. In the late 80s, when there were probably 25 independent schools, one South Carolina was not in the SEC at the time. And and prior to their independence, Penn State was they were an ACC team. Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Penn State. West Virginia. Do you think they just all of a sudden the Big 12 created and they're like, hey, hey, West Virginia, I know you're way out of the way, but come join us. No. Money involves it all. And remember, when West Virginia was going to the Big 12, that was at a time when they had a much better head coach 
that was a time where they had one Tavon Austin, <laughs> one Geno Smith. I mean, come on, don't make me go there any further. There's also this conference called the Southwest Conference. Well, hey, look, we're not going that far. We're we're going back. We're going twenty years ago, not twenty five. The eighties and nineties. Well, so I did, but I, I, and that's my fault for going I, back. I figured I'd throw that one in there. But go back, is, go back to two thousand. Fun. History. All of the realignment that has happened since 2000 has been money-driven. The, um, the ACC tried to get a leg up. And then the Big Ten tried to get a leg up and when they brought Nebraska because they had 11 and they wanted 12 and they wanted divisions because divisions were great. And they were at the time because they were relatively even. And then <laughs> you get to a world where we are in now in 2023, where Oklahoma and Texas are, go- are leaving the Big 12, which you never thought would happen, where USC and UCLA are not going to be a part of the Pac-12, at one point named Pac-10. Pac-12 and you're in a world where Notre Dame may be the only independent left in five years. When there was a time where independence kind of ran college football, Schools like BYU, schools like Penn State, Miami's. Um, well, BYU would have been in the whack at the time that they won the national championship. Were they? And then, yeah. And I thought they were independent, that, and then they joined a conference, and then they were independent again. No, they nonetheless. They by that point, but, nonetheless, yeah. the college football world has been changing as we know it for many years, and it constantly does. This new college football playoff model is money-driven, and there's no questions about that. This is not new to the world. San Diego State is going to is going to leave the Mountain West Conference. That, that there should there is a question mark there because it hasn't happened yet. But I'm telling you, San Diego State is going to leave the Mountain West, and they will be a part of the Big Twelve or the Pac-12, and announced as such before the college football season begins. Mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it will be announced in the early spring next year. To which point they will play potentially one season as an independent. And that's okay. They can do that. They're allowed. The sport's continuously changing, which leads me into this next topic of the cultural playoffs. Executive director... Bill Hancock is retiring in 2025, right a year in to the new 12-team college football playoff. And, oh, let me tell you, I, I, I heard a joking matter that, this, that if this actually happens, it is no joking matter. Somebody said Gary Barta is retiring at the perfect time. That's not a laughing matter, Cam. That's a problem is what that is. Iowa to the playoffs every um, fucking year. <laughs> honestly, though, I mean, if it happens, you want somebody who has experience and kind of a seat up there. I, I think he would be a good fit for the position. Um, while I do, he was not a great head for the committee, but he was he's very good with the numbers. And then once again, I mean, I think that this is going to go the same route as some of these conferences and their commissioners has where they go and get a TV figure to take over the lead and kind of run the way the college football playoff 
is run from here on out. I think that's more likely. Get a TV executive in there, fills that spot, gets these deals working a little more. And as long as Bill Hancock does not decide to pull a Kevin Warren, there should be no issues. It should be a seamless transition, and then they can focus on the next contract negotiation that they will have. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's where I'm at with this. Yeah, no, I, I'm like you. I think that this could be good in all seriousness. Bart is great with the numbers. You're a hundred percent correct there. And I, I do think that he would separate his personal biases towards Iowa. And well, I mean, he has no need not to, because they really won't be that much of a, of a relevant factor within the big 10. At least they're not, I'm not saying that it's as my prediction. That's what everybody's talking about. Well, Iowa's not going to be a part of this, so who cares? Oh, well, yeah. they might. I mean, you never know. It, Iowa could do what Wisconsin did and have a full-on change of scenery. And next thing you know, one year we wake up and Iowa's an air raid offense. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> but it's possible. You never know. There's a first time for everything. We move forward now. Vice executive, Cam. He's yeah. the executive director. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> you tried. It, it works. Okay, we're going to move forward. Uh, Coach Prime is going to have surgery for a blood clot this Friday, which is tomorrow. And that's great news. And the other great news is he actually kind of opened up a little bit about the situation. Obviously you guys on Sunday had talked about him potentially needing an amputation of his foot. Well, he has opened up on that and said that the surgery is more so to help get that blood flow back in, kind of help get some of the issues with his toes and feet and check so that that does not become a reality because it, at this current time, that's not really what the reality is. It's not, there's been no conversation about, amputation at all okay according to him um and and, i mean i hope not i you you never want to see that happen obviously things do happen and that's part of life and that's what you kind of got to deal with i think that nonetheless this should not impact his ability to be present for the season it really should not um and I'm still excited. I'm excited for this Colorado team. I am. Mm-hmm. I know Colin, I was talking to him the other day, and he said he it was one of the least favorite things he was looking forward to because he knows there's going to be people who are just Coach Prime stands coming out of the woodwork and saying, oh, how could you say this? But look, I just – realistic, but they are high expectations, a lot of high expectations for Coach Prime. The guy knows how to sell it. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. He knows how to sell it. And when you listen to Joel Klatt's big noon conversation that he had with, with Coach Prime a few weeks ago, he sold it well. He sold his anticipation, his expectations. Joel Klatt said, this is this is part of the interview, and I'm not saying word for word what, ha- what he said, but Joel Klatt said, now a lot of people say that national championships too high of expectations and I'm and and I even kind of agree with that and coach Prime says well why well why not why can't we have that expectation he goes we didn't bring these guys in just to go four and eight 
one and eleven again. He is it. We didn't bring these guys in to go seven and five, eight and four. He goes. We went in here. Or we we got these guys in here to go compete for a playoff spot. That's good. Have that confidence. Keep mm-hmm. that confidence. However, <laughs> as somebody who's watching from the outside looking in, it's going to be really hard to just go in and go from one and eleven to playoffs. This is New Year's Six, a pack, uh, like a Rose Bowl appearance, I'm sure is like ceiling for this situation. Mm-hmm. A, a New Year's Six Bowl in general is probably ceiling. I'm still but what are the odds of that ceiling? Yeah. I, they're, they're not. And I don't mean to make this a conversation about Colorado's season or a preview of their season. But I just I, – I love the energy. I really do. I think he he has a way of motivating his team already. Yes. They believe it. He, be- he truly believes that they are playoff contenders. Yeah. And I think that he believes he's put a staff place. together. I mean, people talk about it. They've put an NFL caliber staff together. They've put a really good – I mean, they put a national championship caliber coaching staff together. And his his quote to that, I mean, he, re- he responded to that. He goes, everybody's talking about how good of a coaching staff we put together. He goes, but why don't they think we could bring in that kind of, that kind of a team, those kind of players? He goes, we didn't just rebuild this stuff. I mean, he and he says it, you know. What what are the what are the words he he uses? Um smart, fast, tough, with character and discipline or something like that. And and he lives and dies by those words basically in this in this world of college football. I think he does it in his life. This is, I'm telling you right now, people are not prepared for this man to take over the sport. If he if he can get to the point of recruiting and coaching and playing and, and just players in general and, and talent on a roster, if he can make that happen, I don't know that the world's prepared. I, just like Alabama fans aren't prepared for Alabama to win less than 10 games in a year, should it happen, the world's not ready for Coach Prime to go out here and do the unthinkable if he makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd like to see somebody tell me where I'm wrong on that. If he goes out there and hangs an eight-win season on him in year one, What is the world going to think? One, college football media is going to go insane, including us, because I don't know any of us who have them winning more than four or five games. And that one is me. I don't know anybody else who even thinks they win more than two or three. Do you? Honestly, off the top no. of your head, do you know anybody no. who actually thinks like, other than like that program alone? Mainstream, no. Yeah, no. Nobody expects them to do more than like I said, four wins is like their their top at this point. They're still a three win team, according to Vegas. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. But if they go out and go eight and four in year one. They got another year with this core and a guy like Dylan Edwards in there. I mean, you've got a really good roster already. And if they develop and recruit and bring in more transfers, 
there, there's no telling what this program turns into. NILs open that door. There were transfer portals open that door. People are not ready. But when he says that they're coming, I, I do fully believe. They're, I do believe that it, they are. I don't think if this fails, it's a monumental step towards his coaching rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. Because it's definitely not talent on this roster. And it's definitely not recruiting. It's coaching. If it fails. But I just can't I can't imagine it fails. Yeah. That's my thing. So we can move on. One last topic of conversation for today. And that is the EA Sports College football game has hit more murky water than we've already seen from talks of a lawsuit to a current lawsuit incoming towards EA Sports due to EA Sports not working with one of the NIL firms, basically. Um, Had to know it was going to happen, and you had to know that there was definitely going to be a lot of greed um, towards this scenario. And that's exactly what's happening. Um, I think this game's still going to come out. I don't know in what facet, in what scenario this game's going to come out. I still think this game is going to come out, and I still think it's going to exist in 2024. But how? What does it look like? It, are there actual players? Is NIL involved? Is the tra- like the, the things that are going to need to be involved are will, but will players be involved? And that's a question that is yet to be asked and answered, truthfully. And and that's been what so many schools have been banking on. So, yeah. And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't, do these schools pull out of it? Mm -hmm. Do they just completely stop? And then this game never comes out. And I I mean, dude, I know it's emotional for you, Cam, but come on. Um, I mean, seriously, what, what would happen? We don't have that game. We're playing college football revamp forever. Rest of our yeah. lives. Fine by yeah. me. I mean, I'm all right with it. Um, but that's just where we're at with this game. I, I, I want to see it. I, I want it to happen. But I, I can't say that I would tell anybody to hold their breath that, that we will see a college football game in 2024 at this current time. And we're a year away. All this stuff can get solved and set, and it could just settle. Or, you know, EA Sports decides, yeah, we'll just work with you. Lawsuit stops. Everybody's happy, and we we move on, and this game comes out. I I think it's going to happen because EA Sports knows the money that's going to come from this. Yeah, I I think that it's going to be the the second one there that you said they're going to be like okay we'll work with you yeah i mean you have to ea's made it known they want this game to be as authentic as possible Mm -hmm. so it sounds like they've been doing a hell of a job i i believe in them um to an extent i mean you can only believe the people that put out madden every year do so much um but I do. I think that the, I think that it's going to happen. They they know the money that's involved in this, and I think that's what's important here. They know the money that's going to come out of it, and they know the money they put into developing it. You know how big of a loss that is if they lose out 
on the development on all the progress they've made, they're going to they're going to do what they need to do to make this happen. That I know for a fact. Anyways, for a Thursday show with no BJ, um, that came out wrong. Um, for a Thursday slow without one Mister Loudermilk involved, um, not bad. Not a bad show. We do return Sunday. Um, That does not change. We will be back on Wednesday. That also does not change. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the next week. Uh, We're less than a month away now from conference previews beginning. We are less than a month away from a lot of different content. Speaking of content, uh, both Colin and I on our personal channels have started our previews, our team previews for the 2023 season. They've been doing really well, so we both appreciate the support and the um, likes, comments, uh, subscriptions we've received. If you're checking us out here, check us out over there as well. It helps. It helps loudmouth out all the same. And yeah, so with that said. Again, we'll be back Sunday, Live My CFB. Uh, Sundays and Wednesdays, for the most part, 12 p.m. on Sundays, 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, Live My Weekly at 6 p.m. on Mondays. So with that said, we'll see you then.